With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, we stumbled to a Friday, a meat Friday at that. Welcome to the program, Dan and the Dan and Dan Patrick Show. Reggie Miller joins us from the bubble. Lakers get ready tonight. And last night, we had some action. The Clippers roll over the Nuggets. The Celtics, they're still up two games to one, but they lose in dramatic fashion. You got Heat, Bucks, Game 3 coming up tonight. Michael Wilbon from Pardon the Interruption will join us. And lo and behold, the Pac-12 commissioner, Larry Scott, will join us coming up a little bit later on. Pac-12 has risen from the dead. Maybe they're exploring playing football in the fall. You'd like to get in touch with the program, you can. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to our TV partner, Peacock, and also our great radio affiliates around the world, numbering 362. Say good morning to Chat Row as well. By the way, now through Monday, use the promo code Labor Day at danpatrick.com. Buy any regularly priced T-shirt or hoodie and get a T-shirt half price. I uh, got my hoodie on today, my... Uh, Patrick Mahomes hoodie today. We're headed towards football season, fall weather here, so just getting ready. Ready for, uh, and uh, we got chili on the Traeger a little bit later on. So we're getting ready for football season. All right, a couple things to dive into. The Nets surprised everybody. They hired Steve Nash yesterday as their head coach, and obviously he was a great player. But this is a high-wire act for your first NBA coaching job. Unlike Nash, the Nets stars Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, they already have championships here. And they have sway here in New Jersey or in uh, Brooklyn with the Nets. But you have to keep them happy and also help them get better. And there's the rub with coaching stars. You need gravity. You, you got to have their respect. And some players are great at it. Most famously, you know, Phil Jackson was great with the Bulls and Lakers. Some guys are overwhelmed by it. And the Nets had a good scrappy team before they got Kyrie and Kevin Durant. But that was under coach Kenny Atkinson. But they let him go because he wasn't a good match for KD and Kyrie. And maybe Steve Nash's stardom and previous relationships with Durant in Golden State will be effective. He was a great player, two-time MVP. And the Nets fans have to hope that that basketball genius will translate into immediate success for a team that's built to win now and win big. I mentioned at the time, as soon as I heard that Nash was being hired, you would probably have some criticism that uh, this is a guy who didn't hold any head coaching jobs and they're African-Americans who didn't get these opportunities. I also said to you yesterday that Tyron Lue was probably getting the 76ers job, which he got yesterday, that there was talk that they were looking at other candidates. But back to Steve Nash. Steve Nash got the job because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving co-signed on this. It's about relationships. You know, we've talked about this before. Jason Kidd and the Greek Freak. 
if the Greek freak leaves, then are you bringing in Jason Kidd? Or do you bring in Jason Kidd to get the Greek freak to go if he happens to leave Milwaukee? It's about relationships here. Steve Nash got this job because of his relationship with Kevin Durant. And therefore, you have to have Kyrie co-sign on this. And you've had other coaches who haven't played, or they played and haven't coached before, Mark Jackson, Isaiah, I think Jay Kidd, Larry Bird. There have been other coaches who have taken over those roles, and they hadn't coached before. But Steve Nash is going in there and got the job because Kevin Durant said, if Kevin Durant wants Tyron Lue, Tyron Lue is getting the job. Plain and simple. But they kept Jacques Vaughn, which I'm glad they did, because Jacques Vaughn deserved consideration for that head coaching job with the Nets. They played well. They played hard and didn't have any superstars. And he's going to be, I think, the highest paid assistant coach now helping Steve Nash. And Steve Nash will lean on Jacques Vaughn. It'd be smart to do that. But that's what happened yesterday with Steve Nash getting that job. A couple of games last night. There wasn't much to see with uh, the Clippers against the Nuggets. And this is one of those where you go to seven games, you're drained by it. Now you got a two-day turnaround. You're going to face the Clippers, and it looked that way. You're starting to see some defense now. And get ready for more defense. You may not like it, although in the Boston game, they didn't play defense on the last play, but we'll get to that coming up in a moment. But suddenly there's defense in the bubble. After the players took the two-day hiatus following a Jacob Blake shooting, the games have looked very different. Pre-hiatus, points per game combined, 227, since then 210. Shooting was 46% prior to, now 44. Three-point shooting, about the same. But here's something to keep in mind. The games have been closer. Before the hiatus, five of 35 games were decided by four points or less. Since the two days the leagues did not play games, the league didn't play games, six of the 14 games have been decided by four points or less. And you saw one of those last night with Boston and Toronto. Now let me get to that game because that was one of those games where the Celtics looked like they had it in hand. And if they go up three games to none, then it's not a question of if, but when they move on to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. In fact, the Celtics, prior to yesterday's game, were the favorites, according to Vegas, to uh, come out of the East. Now, I don't know if they changed those odds, but these are the odds right now. The Clippers are the favorites to win the title. Then the Lakers, then the Celtics, and then the Heat. But... Probably going to change in the next couple of hours, I'm going to guess. If the Bucks happen to win the game, or if Miami goes up three games to none, they would probably leapfrog the Boston Celtics there. Uh, the Rockets are next on the list, then the Raptors and the Nuggets. Now the Celtics, in the final play, you know, you had this brilliant Kemba Walker pass. I mean, it, it, it was one of those where you go, wow, that's what championship teams do. They make a big play right at the very end. And then Toronto draws up an out-of-bounds play. And here is Kyle Lowry, the Raptors guard. Kyle, before we even get to that last possession, just what is going through your mind right now? You just essentially saved yourselves in this series. One game at a time. Great, great emotional moment right there. But uh, that's, that's over. Now we have to focus on the next game. That's how we think about it. Not over quite yet because I want to ask you about it. Was that the designed play? I mean, it was perfectly executed. What did you see from OG there? Well, um, the play was for uh, either Freddie or Pascal, but we know Boston does a great job, and they do a thing called ring it. And for me, I just was being patient. I got a 7-12 guy on me, so but I, I just waited. And OG, he's been shooting the lights out the last couple weeks, so um, I had confidence in him, and uh, we, we take that win. Moving forward, how do you build off this momentum? What's it going to take? Just go play. Every single night, go play. I mean, play our butts off. We scrapped and clawed and fought, and, uh, you know, we never we never quit. And uh, it's a really, really good team over there. They're going to come and make adjustments, but we have to play much harder. Jalen Brown, who was defending the back end of that play, had this to say after the game. It's just a miscommunication. That is, that's really all what happened. At the end of the day, we just got to be better as a unit. Regardless of what we was in, you know, we had to guard the three-point line. So that was just a disgrace at the end of the game. 
that was just terrible. No way we should have lost that game. I take responsibility for that, not just that play, but, you know, a lot of the plays before. It happens. It's the NBA playoffs. Either you let it, let them gain momentum, or you come back and be ready to play next game. Well, that's going to say a lot about the Celtics to come back that next game, and I'm really curious what this does for the Raptors, the emotional lift there, and does it start to deflate the Celtics just a little bit that you were going to go up three games to none? But you start to look at the play, and they put Taco Fall on Lowry. And I love when your, your ball handler, a guy who makes passes for a living, is handling the ball out of bounds. But they put a 7-6 guy on him, and Kyle Lowry had the perfect lob pass to the corner. My issue was, Jalen Brown was down on Marcus Saul. They were double-teaming Marcus Saul. And I didn't understand that, because you can't throw an alley-oop to Marcus Saul. And if you have a body in front of him, he's not going to get to the rim. So Jalen Brown was really in no man's land. He wasn't going to help out on anything. And you have to at least acknowledge the guy over your shoulder. You have to. And he got clipped a little bit, and he almost got a piece of that ball. But OG is wide open and right there on the three-point line. And it was a perfect pass. It was a perfect look, but it did not make any sense whatsoever that Jalen Brown was inside on Marcus Saul, and you already had a big man on him. It did not make any sense whatsoever because Marcus Saul is not going to hurt you on an alley-oop. And plus, trying to throw that pass, an alley-oop over Taco Fall, and, and put it right there by the basket was going to be extremely difficult to do. Kyle Lowry threw a pass that probably clipped the top of the bubble and uh, ended up with OG wide open. And Jalen Brown was late just a split second, and that's, that's the reason why. You know, that's not the way you draw it up if you're Boston, but that's the way you draw it up if you're Toronto. And give credit to Lowry. Great pass. OG hits the shot, but Jalen Brown was late by a split second, and it cost him dearly. Yeah, Paul. Did Kyle Lowry say he had a 7'12 guy guarding him? Yes, he did. Let me do the math on that. That's eight feet, so right? So he had an eight-footer on him. 7'12. Yeah. He also called it. He's like, I got a 7'12. He almost went uh, a little off color there. This program is brought to you by LegalZoom. We're faced with uh, legal challenges every single day. If you need legal help for yours, count on LegalZoom. You can start online. Network of independent attorneys providing advice when you need it the most. And since LegalZoom is not a law firm, you don't have to leave your home. They don't charge you by the hour. Visit LegalZoom.com today for more information. Once again, Reggie Miller will join us coming up. Lakers get ready for game one tonight with the Rockets and Bucks in the Heat. There was a little bit of talk yesterday. Richard Jefferson, I think he might have been on ESPN, former NBA player, said that Giannis is uh, Scottie Pippen, basically. He needs a Michael Jordan. Now, would he have said this if the Bucks were up two games to none? And the answer is no. Now, I get it. Everybody wants to have a hot take. And then you had Jay Williams, former NBA player on the mothership. And then he said, you know, LeBron was uh, Scottie Pippen to Dwayne Wade in Miami. I'm like, come on here. Easy here. Easy here. I think LeBron was brilliant enough to let Dwayne Wade get. I think the impression was it was, it was Dwayne Wade's team. LeBron was the star. And LeBron is a natural sharer of the ball. But now all of a sudden we're divvying up who's Pippen and who's Jordan. First of all, there's only one Pippen and one Jordan here. And to say, yeah, you got to go out and get yourself a, a Jordan. The Greek freak is Pippen. It's a horrible analogy. First of all, Pippen is as decorated as anybody in the history of the game, winning championships, defensive player of the year, being all NBA. And Greek freak hadn't won anything yet. But to say he's more like Pippen? Okay, you let me know when you get Jordan there, Richard. Because I'm really interested in that. I wouldn't hold my breath that uh, the next Michael Jordan is somehow going to end up with the Greek freak. So he can be Scottie Pippen. Yeah, see. Did you see that Scottie Pippen also uh, commented on it where he was just like, whoa, 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 <laughs> sort of like, hold up. But hey, Richard, so who are you when you're playing that? <laughs> like, who are you compared to? <laughs> he was the Luke Longley. <laughs> he was Bill Wennington. Yeah, I just I, I hear these hot takes and I go, come on, you guys are smarter than that. 
then Jay Williams coming. And LeBron says, wait, I'm preparing for the Rockets. Like, why, why am I involved in this stupid conversation? You know, LeBron was pipping to Dwayne Wade's Jordan. Okay. Okay. But you're not going to find a Jordan for the Greek freak. And if they were up two games to none. Now, if you said this and they were winning, okay, I'll listen to you. They're down two games to none. Now, I've said, you know, Chris Middleton can be a really good regular season player. Can he be a great regular season player? But at no point did I say, you know what? He needs himself a Michael Jordan. No, I just need somebody who is going to be great. Paul George is going to need this. He'll need to be great. Kawhi can't do it by himself. He's going to need Paul George to be great in the postseason. LeBron is not going to win the title by himself. He needs Anthony Davis to be great. James Harden, he needs to be great, but so does Russell Westbrook. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they have to be great. One guy's not going to win it for you. As great as Kawhi is in the postseason and LeBron in the postseason, they got to have help. Kawhi was awesome last year. You know what helped? Golden State got injured, and his teammates in Toronto stepped up big time. But the Greek freak needs a uh, Michael Jordan, or he's Scottie Pippen. If he ends his career as Scottie Pippen, that's still pretty good. Because last I looked, Scottie had a few titles there to his resume and one of the 50 greatest players of all time. Yes, Paul? Man, if I'm Scotty, the only thing I respond with is a picture of me with a handful of rings, mm-hmm. like in a sandwich in my other hand. That's it. Just post the picture. I've yet to hear from Jordan, though. I wonder what Michael has to say about this. Hopefully nothing. Hopefully he doesn't lower himself to get involved in this. All right, let me take a break. Reggie Miller will join us coming up next. Phone calls are welcome. We'll settle on a poll question. we got college football coming up this weekend. The NFL starts in six days. We're back with Reggie Miller right after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play of the day coming up. Stat of the day. Ooh, the numbers don't look good for my guy, Jamal Murray. Is there a trend happening? Got shut down again last night. Hasn't had a good run after averaging over 47 points in a three-game run against uh, the Utah Jazz. We'll get to phone calls as well. Reggie Miller was on the call last night for Nuggets Clippers. Game one, he's doing the Bucks Heat game three tonight at 6.30 Eastern. He's got the Nuggets Clippers game two tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern, all on TNT. Obviously very busy and still has time to shoot a Wendy's commercial, Reg. <laughs> they let me out of the bubble just to shoot <laughs> that Wendy's commercial. And I was in the Wendy's bubble. Now I'm back in the NBA bubble. Life is good. What's the reaction been to your Wendy's commercial? Well, people are wondering, why am I wearing the IU candy stripers? It's like warm-up. They're pajamas, but they look like they're the IU warm-ups that the Hoosiers wear. I'm like, well, I'm an adopted Hoosier. If there's anyone who could wear those, Hmm. it would be me. Are there more commercials? As of now, no. Hint, hint. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, so take me back to the final seconds there with what happened with the Raptors and the Celtics. And I know Jalen Brown's taken some heat. Um, I thought it was a brilliantly called play, but what did the Celtics fail to do that created that brilliant play? Absolutely nothing, because Jalen Brown is doing what you're supposed to be doing with .5 on the clock. Um, he was dropping because I think the first option was to look over the top to Gasol in the middle and try to get a tip in play. Um, So he's sagging down low. Look, Lowry made an unbelievable pass and OG Ananobi made an unbelievable shot. Look at the contest by Jalen Brown as well, because he was in the air contesting before OG was releasing that shot. So, I don't know why Jalen Brown is taking heat because you've got to be able to make multiple efforts defensively. And that's exactly what Jalen Brown did. He dig down low to help on the potential lob to Gasol and he contested an unbelievable shot by OG. So I don't think the Celtics, I mean, it hurts. I've been there. It, it kind of reminded me of the Larry Johnson four point play. Um, that he made versus our Pacers uh, in that series. It's, it, we came back to win the next game, but it definitely deflates you a little bit because the Raptors season was on life support until that shot. Now they're feeling a little bit better. They got to even up the series, but let's not forget the Raptors have been in this position before. Just last year, they lost the first two games to Milwaukee in the Easter Conference Finals, and then went on to win four straight and advanced to the finals. So let's not be surprised what Toronto is doing because they've been here before. Yeah, I, I criticized Jalen Brown a little bit. I, I didn't think you could throw an alley-oop to Gasol. He has no lift whatsoever. I thought that uh, Boston's big man, uh, uh, whoever... Uh, Taco uh, Fall? No, no, no. A thies is that the, yeah. Daniel Tice? Daniel Tice? Yes. Uh, so he should have been. I I thought he's the one that got a little lost because he should have just been you know glued to Marcus Saul, and then that would allow because Jalen Brown was sort of in no man's land, and and then they lost track of OG who ran the baseline and snuck behind him. It was a brilliantly run play. I just thought I, I don't think um, if you're Jalen Brown and the rest of the Celtics, they probably assumed with Taco Fall guarding Lowry out of bounds in that seven, five, seven, six frame that he has, 
they did not think that Lowry was going to be able to see OG and Anobi in the corner. Yeah. So I think that's probably why he was helping a little bit more on Gasol underneath. Watching uh, the Bucks and the uh, Heat so far and what we've seen, and then all of a sudden down two games to none, now all of a sudden Richard Jefferson comes out and says the Greek freak is Scottie <laughs> Pippen. He wouldn't say this if they were up two games to none. No, obviously not. And um, I, I think it's um, – I don't see where he's coming from. I can't say that because Giannis is about to be a two-time MVP and he's arguably the best player in our game right now. I know LeBron is probably still the best player, but the guy's getting ready to win a second MVP trophy. And if he needs a Jordan, I would want to know who that person is that's better than Giannis right now that helped him get over the hump. Um, you know, it's it's a catchy catchphrase to say, you know, that he needs a Jordan because he's Pippen. But uh, and then you had Jay Jay Williams who came out and said that LeBron was Pippen. Was, was D Wade's <laughs> Pippen? I mean, and LeBron's like, hey, why y'all putting my name? Keep keep my name out of y'all's mouth. <laughs> um, but uh, look, there's a lot of things that. Coach Bud and Milwaukee needs to do to get back in this series because we saw the same script last year in that Toronto series. Once you can build a wall versus Giannis, keep him out of transition, keep him away from the rim, make him a jump shooter, and if all else fails, foul him and send him to the free throw line. All the flaws, all the warts start to come out in playoff basketball. You and I talk about this all the time. People can be great during the regular season. He puts up unbelievable numbers, MVP numbers, right? You don't get a a chance to game plan for someone like you do in a playoff series where you're seeing a team constantly and, and in this environment every other day. They're building a wall. They're making him a jump shooter. And if he makes threes, if he makes long twos, you shake his hand, and you're going to lose the game anyways. But keep him out of transition. Keep him away from the rim and dunking. And if all else fails, foul him and live with him making free throws. And you've got game three tonight on uh, TNT. You had the Nuggets and the Clippers last night. When did you realize that this was going to be lopsided? I knew that Denver would play well in the first quarter because that adrenaline and that rush coming off that game seven victory over Utah. So I knew they would still be up, but I knew they would be tired. And the Clippers, obviously, they've only played one game in the last eight days. They've had a chance to look at both Utah and Denver and game plan and scout and prepare. So, look, what we saw last night from the Clippers is what we have been hoping for all season. Uh, They've had injuries, uh, people missing time in the bubble, but – Collectively, Doc has his team playing the best basketball that I've seen. This is the Clippers that we envisioned. Defensively, contributions from the bench, um, the length. uh, This is – it's setting up Clippers, Lakers. I know the Lakers getting ready to start their series tonight versus Houston, but this is what people are now starting to kind of see between the two L.A. teams. Jamal Murray in games four, five, and six against Utah averaged 47 a game, shot 64 from the floor. Game seven against Utah and last night averaging 14 and a half and shooting 33% from the floor. Welcome to being a scouted player. Yes. Right? <laughs> you know, you, you put up numbers like that, people are going to start popping in a tape and, you know, doing their homework. Uh, we all knew he was a good player, but he elevated himself to a great player from those numbers you just mentioned. And teams are now scouting and game planning for him. And the problem he has in this series versus the Clippers, there are so many players that can guard him with length. Pat Beverly is back. Paul George. Kawhi Leonard started the game on him and has length. So you've got the two-time defensive player of the year in Kawhi and those arms and that length 
And then if he is on that high screen and roll able to beat him, he's driving into length into Zubots and Montrez Harold, uh, Marcus Morris. So that's the problem that Murray is going to face when he's going against the Clippers is all that length and all those guys that are able to guard him. We talked about this yesterday with the call on Goran Dragic on Chris Middleton's shot Terrible. and Terrible. also with uh, the Greek freak with his foul on Jimmy Butler. I don't know if that was a makeup call, Reg, on uh, the Greek freak because I never would have called you know Dragic with you know invading the space of Middleton. Middleton is going into Goran Dragic's space. And even Doris Burke said at the time, no, you can't call that. And, and I don't – was that a makeup call in the Greek Freak with Jimmy Butler? Do you, do, you, do you make that call in the first quarter? You make it in the first quarter, but it is a makeup call. Okay. You think that was a makeup call? I do think it was a makeup okay. call. Right. People don't want to say that. The league probably doesn't want to hear that. But it was a makeup call. The Dragic call – in my opinion, was terrible. Are makeup calls good? Well, it, it, it feeds into the narrative, which we've always heard about the NBA, that you know the officials always say there's no such thing as makeup calls, but our eyes are seeing the two plays because they want to say that Dragic crowded Middleton on his shot. Okay, and here's the thing. If that's the type of defense and you can't crowd guys, you can't contest, shoot, I would have averaged 45 points in today's game. If you're not going to crowd me, if you're not, if you can't get under me, if you can't touch me and I got a clear sight at the rim, for shooters like me, that's a holiday. So I thought they were two bad calls. I understand. Look, it. What the officials have to go through in today's age of replay and everyone's at home with a remote being able to rewind back, they never get the benefit of the doubt. So I get the the call that the officials, what they have to go through. But those were two very bad calls. Reggie's got Bucks and Heat game three tonight. That starts at 6.30 Eastern. Uh, you got the Nuggets and the Clippers game two tomorrow night. At nine, your reaction to Steve Nash getting the Nets job? Good for him. I, I really do. I, I think he's a great basketball mind. This surprised is that, though? Is it what? Surprised? Were you surprised? Yes, because he was on no one's radar. I I, yeah, I mean, no one thought he wanted to coach. I knew he was an advisor, you know, with Steve Kerr and you know the Golden State Warriors, but no one thought that he wanted to coach. And I think this came out of left field and. You know, I've heard Stephen A's comments and stuff like that. I think it's always great when you have Hall of Fame type talent who wants to coach the younger generation because Steve Nash has a lot to give and say to up and coming young players in today's NBA. So, you know, I'm not as upset at people saying, well, you know, Mark or Ty Lue or Jason Kidd or Adrian Griffin, these guys. They'll get their shots. They'll get their calls. I think it's good to have Hall of Fame talent at the top spot, you know, leading these guys. Yeah, he's not the first guy who stepped out of a job or stepped into a job that didn't have head coaching experience. He's not. The- I, I I was under two of them. Yes. Larry Legend yeah. in Indiana and Isaiah Thomas in Indiana. Both had zero experience at coaching at any level and – we were fine. We, we were, you know, I did okay. I, I didn't, I wasn't like, why are we hiring? You know, these are Hall of Fame. I played against both of them. And so it was great for me to have a chance to learn under both Larry Legend and Isaiah. But KD wanted this to happen. That's why it happened. So if Stephen, Stephen A has a right. problem, then he should have a problem with KD bringing in Steve Nash or management. But this is Kyrie and KD had to co sign on this. And if I'm Steve Nash, I think the biggest key out of all this, well, who will be your top assistants? If I'm Steve Nash, I'm reaching out to Alvin Gentry to be my associate head coach. But he's got Jacques Vaughn. They're keep, I think it's great that they're keeping Jacques Vaughn. I think, I think so too. But you've got to 
for your first gig out, you need someone who's had a plethora of NBA experience. Alvin Gentry, who was just let go in New Orleans and is familiar with Steve Nash from his Phoenix days, who's a lifer in the NBA, I would make him my associate head coach. All right, so you have the Lakers against the Rockets. Is this what the Lakers wanted? Yes, absolutely. And I think I would be surprised if this goes more than five games. I think it should be a gentleman five-game series. Really? Because the Lakers should beat up, because of their size, the smaller Houston Rockets. The way the Houston finished that series versus OKC, I was very disappointed. I know they got by. I think James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they look tired. They have not had a lot of time to rest coming into game one tonight. It could be very much the same thing we saw last night between Denver and the Clippers. Yeah, in but game Reg, one. we say this about James Harden every single playoff. I know. <laughs> I, 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 you're right, but I, I just think it was a perfect setup. For, I would have been more worried if the Lakers would have faced OKC versus Houston, and that's odd to say when you've got two guys that are former MVPs just because of the way Chris Paul and those Thunder have been playing. I, I think this is uh, – Are the Rockets regressing? They are who we thought they were, you know? They're, they're playing small ball, and you're going against a giant team. And if Anthony Davis doesn't average 30 and 13 in this series, something is wrong. 30-plus and 13-plus rebounds, he's got to average. Easy. Easy. I'm, I'm leading the charge to get rid of the three-point line for one season because I'd love to see what the NBA would look like and play like if I took away the three-point shot. That's never going to happen. Oh, I know, but 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 let's say I did it for a five-year period. Like the big man would be a big man. Yes. Right. Yes. Because you would still have you would still have big men taking long twos. Long twos. Right. Yeah, but they lose their value. Well, I'm trying to big bring the big man back, Reg. Good luck with that. <laughs> Those days are gone, buddy. Those days are gone of Hakeem, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Rick Smiths. They're gone. What would they be like now? Hakeem could play in today's game. All the guys I just mentioned, because they were able to face you up and at least make, you know, 15 to 18 footers. All could face you up, but pretty much they were back-to-the-basket players. The guys I just mentioned would still be Hall of Fame players. What would Shaq be like today? That, I still think he would be dominant, but he could not bully ball like he did in the 90s. I know that. He couldn't, I don't know. He would still be successful. That would be a good question. I would love to see that. He would still be dominant. What if he was playing at his current weight? I still take Shaq. Shaq is the biggest man on the planet, man. No, Next Yao year. Ming is the biggest Yao man. Yao is the biggest. <laughs> but when Shaq walks into a room, oh, my God. When Yao walks into a room, he is the room. He is the room. <laughs> did, uh, did John Thompson recruit you? No. He recruited the other Reggie, Reggie Williams. Oh. I know. that It was, it was a sting to my heart. It, the three Reggies that – draft class, Reggie Lewis, Reggie Williams, and myself. And I was the lowest of the Reggies. It went Reggie Williams, Reggie Lewis, Reggie Miller. And but Patrick Ewing almost went to UCLA. I know. We that was his next that was his second choice. Almost had him. But good old John Thompson. <laughs> God bless his soul. Great man. I was watching Iverson play against Connecticut and Ray Allen the other day, 1996, I think. Wasn't that a great, wasn't that a great matchup? Yeah, well, uh, Iverson dominated, man. And he was so good on defense. Like, he had six steals in the first half. <laughs> like, Iverson is still, he's one of those transfixing. I, I, I appreciate Jordan and those players. There's certain guys that come along and you go, there's just nobody who's been like them or since. And Iverson is one of those guys. Pound for pound, right? You know, we talk about that in boxing. Yeah. Pound for pound, pound for pound, one of the toughest guys for his size. And 
to me, Jordan is a cultural icon. I think you've got to put Allen Iverson yeah. in the same category because he he changed the landscape of things. And the look and the feel, the tats, yes. the cornrows, you know, yes. just everything about him. I think the three guys you look at, you got Jordan, obviously, Steph Curry changed the NBA, and Correct. Allen Iverson. Those are probably the three guys I would look at in the modern era. I mean, you could do Bird and Magic. They helped, but... Uh, singularly, I think Jordan uh, Iverson and uh, you know the way Steph Curry plays basketball. Well, he he brought the three. He made the three point ball fashionable, and every team now is patterning their game after Golden State, but more importantly, Steph Curry. Uh, great to talk to you, and uh, we'll be watching tonight. It's Bucks Heat Game Three, six thirty Eastern, and then uh, Game Two tomorrow night with the Nuggets and the Clippers. Thank you, Reg. Have a great weekend. I appreciate it, Theodore. I'm sending Wendy's breakfast all to you guys there. Oh, oh, you guys are all oh, getting Wendy's oh, breakfast. They're sending them right as we speak. We got to get the Danettes in your next Wendy's commercial. Yeah. <laughs> we all should be in the bubble together. Yeah, We're great. Family. Great. Yeah, yeah. Instead of you bringing your family, and you're going to bring in the Danettes. You are my family. Yeah, I know. Okay. Bunk beds for everybody. Thank you, Reg. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Play of the Day is up next here in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Oh my God. The play. The play is going to play. Of the day. Runner left side, got it! I'm going to play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Alonzo rips it down the left field line, toward the corner, it's deep, and it is good! A home run, a walk-off, and Pete Alonzo with a leadoff two-run homer in extra innings has given the Mets a come-from-behind victory of 9-7 against the New York Yankees one day after the death of the franchise Tom Seaver. Mets come back from the 4-0 deficit. Walk off on the Yankees, courtesy of 710-WOR. Play of the day brought to you by LegalZoom. We're all faced with new challenges these days. If you need legal help for yours, count on LegalZoom. You can start online. Their network of independent attorneys can provide advice when you need it the most. And since LegalZoom isn't a law firm, you don't have to leave your home. Visit LegalZoom.com today for more information. By the way, we've launched ChatRow 2.0. The link to get there is danpatrick.com slash chat row. Log on using your own Facebook or Twitter account and you are good to go. Tyler, the moderator, will be waiting for you. Looks like the Cowboys are going to sign, could sign, Earl Thomas. They just released Ha Ha Clinton Dix, but now you're starting to, uh, I think, read the tea leaves here that Earl Thomas could be a Dallas Cowboy in the next couple of days. Kevin Turner, who covers the Cowboys, had that tweet. Yes, Paulie? Didn't about a week and a half ago, Jerry Jones, owner of the Cowboys, light up Ian Rappaport for suggesting that the Cowboys were going to sign Earl Thomas? Yeah. Just checking. Yeah, I think so. I think he said basically he had no idea what he was talking about. Also, today is College Colors Day. Todd has his colors on Syracuse. McLovin has his colors on Dartmouth. And uh, you can uh, go to hashtag College Colors Day if you'd like to take a picture with your uh, school colors on there. Seton chose not to uh, participate. Paulie didn't have Southern Illinois gear. I wore it yesterday. I was confused. Yeah. And uh, they sent me a USC shirt, and it's white, so there's no real colors in there. Although I feel like I paid for an awful lot at you. I paid for something at USC, <laughs> like a building with uh, two, two of my kids uh, having gone there. Yes, Seton. Every day is College Colors Day for me. Oh, it is? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should get a bench at USC or something, like a nice little corner bench. I, I would love to have that. Yeah, it'd be nice. Or a little plaque, just something. You know, when you spend that kind of money at USC? Yes. Yeah, did you get that plaque after four years? <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, good. Okay, you did it. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations. I paid for a plaque. Something. Oh, no, I got a great education for my, uh, my, my two of my children who went there. My other two children, who are my favorites, they went to schools that were less expensive. West Virginia, more Rhodes Scholars than any other university. No big deal. Really? Just saying. <laughs> I was not one of them. Uh, university of Dayton, two Super Bowl winning coaches. Just saying. Chuck Knoll, John Gruden. NBD. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Paulie. Southern Illinois, more uh, great beer chuggers than any others. Mm, I don't know. I was on campus. More C students. Yes, I'll give you that. And the John Belushi sweatshirt. That's right. He got it at Southern Illinois when he went to visit his brother. Exactly. There was a place right out the strip in Carbondale, and Jim Belushi and John were there partying, hanging out, and he was getting ready to shoot this movie. And John had the idea. He didn't ask the director. He went to this little place, had it made, and supposedly, I don't know if it's true, after the movie, sent it back to his brother. His brother gave it to the shirt shop. And when I was at school, it was in the window of the shirt shop. Now, was it the actual mm. one? They, they said it was. They had a picture of John. They had an autograph. Mm. And it was, it was in like, like a cage yeah. for years in front of the, uh, at Southern Illinois. Yeah, if you uh, are familiar with the movie Animal House, Belushi wears that dark blue sweatshirt that just says college on it. (laughs) It's still funny. And we were wondering if you could have that sweatshirt or you could have Jimmy Chitwood's entire Hoosiers jersey, uniform, shoes, everything from the movie Hoosiers, which one would you take? And I would take Belushi's, if, if it was the true Belushi college sweatshirt of Animal House, like movie used, and then you'd have Jimmy Chitwood's uniform. Yeah. I'd go Belushi there. Yes. All day. Yeah. All day yeah. Belushi. Yeah. I mean, the Hoosiers jersey, uniform, the shoes, that'd be pretty cool. But 
College. That's perfect. All, that's all you need to say. Emil Faber, knowledge is good. Yeah. <laughs> and like other people would want a copy of the original Magna Carta, we would take the college sweatshirt by Blue Jeans. Yes, Todd. And how do you display that? Are you matting it and framing it if you got that college sweatshirt? How exactly are you sure. putting I would that up? Frame it like I have my Steve Nash jersey yeah. or Ryan Leaf jersey. So awesome. Yeah. Like Barry Sanders or Dan Marino or Brett Favre. Just put it up here. All right, one hour in the books, two more to go. McLovin has an against-the-grain headline game that he wants to play coming up. We'll check in with the Pac-12 commissioner, Larry Scott, and Michael Wilbon from Pardon the Interruption on this Traeger Meet Friday. Back after this, hour two. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.